starting our very first podcast. Thanks, uh, Phil, for doing that. No worries. So we have Phil in the background. He made us a really delicious meal of... So good. It was actually really, really good. I loved it. Fresh chanterelle, like, wild risotto. Wild mushroom risotto. It was delicious. It was awesome. <laughs> thank you, Phil. He's yes, like our server. You. Phil's going to, like, interject now and again, but... He's just here to help us. So, <laughs> this is our very first podcast. Ever. Ever. Like, I've always wanted to do one. Me too, actually. Yeah. It's a bit intimidating, but really just having a conversation with friends. Totally, and I'm hopefully not going to fuck up on the sound. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. We can figure that out. <laughs> By the way, just for anyone listening, if you're under 18, there will be swear words and possible mature content. So, if you're under 18, listener beware. We don't know what this is going to be called yet. No. But we have an idea and we know it's going to be basically themed around creepy stories of the kind of freakish kind, but also maybe paranormal kind. Yeah. So my name's Lauren. (laughs) Oh, and my name is Leanne. (laughs) And I have a totally different accent to you. You do, actually. Where are you from? (laughs) I'm from England. Oh. (laughs) Um, I've been here four years. My grandfather's originally from here. Where is he? Um, so he was born in Ship Harbour, mm-hmm. but he left Ship Harbour and joined World War Two. met my nan, and then moved back to Paradise, and they were here for a couple of years, and she got really homesick, and they moved back to England and had a few more kids, but I've always visited since I was a little girl and loved it, and I've been here, yeah, nearly, well, it'll be five years in March. I actually don't know if I knew that about you. <laughs> really? No. No. I thought just like you're, I don't actually know how maybe I knew that you were from here. Yeah. Like by from here, you're actually, you were born in England. I was born in England, yeah. I lived here as a kid, or you spent your summers here. Yeah. My parents had a cabin here. Yeah. All the fun stuff was always here. So when I grew up and was like a teenager and stuff, I really identified with this as a fun place where all my childhood, like, dreams came true. <laughs> that sounds really like you know, cliche, but, um, so yeah, when I came here and I brought my boyfriend at the time, now husband, um, I fell yeah. in love with it again. Who's that? <laughs> and even going back to England now, I hate it. It's really, really bizarre. Yeah. Really bizarre. When I land back in St. John's, it feels like I'm in the right place. Wow. So that's kind of my, so I might have a different accent and I definitely wasn't born here, but I feel like this is well my home. I feel like you appreciate Newfoundland more than I do, and I was born and raised here. (laughs) (laughs) So so many people say that to me. I think it's because when you move somewhere else and you give up everything to go to a different place, you have to make it work. So, like, you submerse yourself into everything. Yeah. I I want to eat everywhere. I want to visit every cove and try everything, basically. So You do a lot, though, too. Like, I noticed that you are always gone to, like, all the festivals. You do a lot more than I do locally, which I'm jealous of. But (laughs) it seems like you experience a lot here, which I need to be more of a tourist in my own home, in a sense. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, back home, I would tell you that my town was really boring. But if you visited it, you'd probably find all these really cool things that I never did because it's your hometown and Mm -hmm. you don't need to soak it up as like here. I feel like it's almost imminent that if I don't soak it up, I might be gone tomorrow. So I have to try and experience as much as I can. Okay. Makes sense. I never thought about it that way, but I guess if I were like, anytime I've ever traveled anywhere, I'm always like the first thing I do is go to the grocery store and just yeah. go look at the food they have and just, like, buy random stuff I've never tried. And just, I'm like, ooh, this is so British or this is so, like, <laughs> when I went to China, same thing. I went to the grocery store and I was like, these are really weird squid biscuits I'm trying to eat. Yeah, you know but I mean? it, it is. You've got to experience new things and yeah. soak it up, I guess. And you, you're from just where, like, around the corner from where I live now in Paradise, right? Yeah. How did we meet? <laughs> How did we meet? Um, so you were just starting out Timber Productions. Mm-hmm. And I was at the chocolate company as the events and marketing manager. And, um, but my background in England was film and TV. That's what I did at school. Mm-hmm. And I really missed it. And I think I'd seen a post that you had on like NL classifiers of like maybe looking for 
like a second shooter. Yes. Yeah, I did have a posting somewhere like that. Yeah. Yeah. So then I went to this wedding fair where we had, the chocolate company had a stool and I saw that you had a table too. And I think I just approached you and was like, hey, I think I emailed you once like a long time ago before I even moved here and uh, wanted to get to know you just because we you were a gal or a woman <laughs> in film and I wanted to kind of just make a connection because I didn't know anyone in the industry here at all. That's so funny. That was like four years ago now. I remember what I remember is being at the um, that wedding show that we went to and then you were at the Newfoundland Chocolate Company. I think, yeah, we talked first and then I was like, I'll come visit your booth because I might have been busy or something. Yeah. And I did and we were chatting from then and I got your card. Yeah. I knew we'd kind of hit it off on that show, but we just went for coffee. And I I think I went to that meeting knowing that the Nickel uh, Film Festival had a challenge, the 48-hour horror challenge. And I thought, well, why not throw us in at the deep end and see if we could make something together? And if that worked, then, hey, maybe that's the start of a great partnership sort of thing. Totally. Yeah, and no, I remember that actually now. And we... And yeah, so we decided to sign up for that, which I don't know if I knew about that before. I might not have actually. I don't know why. But, um... And we did that 48-hour horror film challenge, which is super fun. So fun. I know. We need to do that again, but every time it comes up, it's always uh, that we're busy or stuff, something. But um, I think it'd be really cool to do that again. Well, sure. I'm obsessed with horror and, like, true crime and just weird shit. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why I read. Like, obviously, we connected over film and stuff, and the challenge was really cool. But I think I really saw something in you because you were a bit as weird as I am. (laughs) (laughs) You take that as a compliment. Yes, total compliment. (laughs) (laughs) That is true, actually. So we're both into kind of like darkish things. So maybe I'm going to prompt you with this now. How or why, what started you being into that and like how are you interested in that? So I think from an early age, like I was, I'm an only child. And it's kind of a cliche thing again as well. But as an only child, you really have to create your own fun. Like you create your own imaginative games. Like I was always creating school scenarios. Like I remember writing on wild, uh, whiteboards and teaching my teddy bears what math was and <laughs> and like stealing my mum's old keyboards from her computer at the office and making a post office and that sort of thing. So I always created these crazy scenarios in my head. And I think imagination always kind of, ran wild with me and I remember from the age of like nine or ten I was really interested in murder like <laughs> really interested in murder and like to the point where there was this magazine in England I think it was called true murder or murder 100 or something like that and I remember begging my mum to get me these magazines and so she did and it came up weekly but she would hide them under our sofa under the couch like under the pillow because she was petrified that if one of her friends or one of my friends saw them, that like social services would get involved. That like, oh my god, <laughs> that she was giving her daughter all these like like really bad stuff. And that's where my obsession with Jack the Ripper started. And I think being English, he's probably our most famous serial killer. Definitely going back to like the eighteen hundreds. And I've read all sorts of books, all the podcasts, for my own theories. And I'm just. I'm just obsessed with mystery, I guess, like not really knowing the truth about something and trying to figure it out. Because mm-hmm. that's not fully solved yet, is it? No, no. not at all. Because there's a lot of strong theories, but no one's technically proven who Jack Ripper actually was. And like, okay, so in 60 seconds, mm-hmm. my belief is that it's actually a woman. Oh, what? Yeah. So there was like 10 high-profile male um, suspects. Yeah. Some of them were princes, surgeons, like all sorts of different people. But there was this one book that I read and, and kind of researched further. You have a guess. <laughs> <laughs> My cat Lily has just jumped on the table and she's by the mic. So you can't contribute. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot of them were all male. But one of the biggest things is that Jack the Ripper was able to get around in like these really bustling streets of the poorest part of London unnoticed. Mm-hmm. And so there's this theory that the, the surgeon that they was the prime suspect actually had a wife and he contracted syphilis and she was barren. 
she couldn't have, that's the term that they used back then, but she couldn't have children. Oh, okay. And he potentially was going out and visiting all these prostitutes and contracted syphilis. Oh. And so she was, A, extremely angry that he was visiting prostitutes and contracted this horrible disease. Because uh-huh. at the time it was life-threatening, right? Exactly. Yeah. But also that she, he was able to get this thing from women and she felt like her womanhood wasn't there because she couldn't have his kids. Oh, okay. So she would have had access to his surgical equipment, had the motive, and also had the disguise. So she could mm. go and commit these murders and easily get out and no one would suspect her. Because oh, everyone cool. was looking for, like, a man with a top hat. Yeah, yeah. But she would have just been a woman in her normal clothes. Wow, because, yeah, a lot of the murdered women there were actually sex workers. Yes. All of them were prostitutes, yeah. Okay. And they all had their wounds removed, apart from one. Ooh. Yeah, like, full-on cut-out wounds. Wow. Um, but only one didn't, and they reckoned the killer or... She <laughs> got caught halfway through and had to, or heard a noise and had to stop. But later there was a second murder that night. It was the only double murder. Wow. So, yeah. Anyway, I could talk forever about Jack the Ripper. I'm obsessed. We should do an episode on that. <laughs> yeah, totally. So that gives you, a bit of, I guess, a bit of a backstory. Okay. What about you? Like, what was your childhood like? So I grew up um, as the youngest of two, and um, my older sister is a lot more responsible. I was a typical younger sibling, just like... A little more, I was definitely more artistic. My sister was very responsible. I was very much like living in my head. And I, again, was also a very imaginative child. <laughs> um, and my dad and me, I was really close to both my parents and my sister. And my dad uh, used to let me watch horror movies at a very young age. When I was in grade three, so I was probably, I guess, like... Um, Eight or nine, we watched The Shining. <laughs> that was like one of my first horror films too. Yes, like scarring. Oh yeah, yeah. That's like it's, it's the two girls. It's scary now. Like and the bathtub and scene. What's her? When she comes out the bath. Yes, I know. And I loved it. And I was like eight or nine, and so I guess it started from there. Like I used to watch. I watched The Candyman, The Leprechaun, all those like. 90s horror movies that were really big at the time. I also um, had a pet cemetery as a kid. A um, what? A pet cemetery. <laughs> so I think you told me about this once. Yes. But so what? Like a full-on cemetery. Yeah. So basically, what it was, I had a lot of pets. So I had like um, fish, frogs, hamsters, a bird, and then a really big dog that used to kill a lot of things. So. <laughs> Every animal that died, I would make them a little mini coffin, whether it was in a matchstick box, a shoebox, or whatever. I'd make them a tombstone, and I'd do, like, a little funeral for them. So it's still there in the back of my parents' house. And um, wow, I even had, like, one time, like, my dog brought home a dead rabbit. And there was another time, like, um, it, so the, there are these sparrows called junco sparrows here, and they tend to not make their nests in the trees. They do it usually in big tufts of grass or on the ground. So my dog could easily get at those. And he had, and the babies kind of leave the nest before they can actually fly. So they would, um, he would, he actually like got one in his mouth and killed it. And I had it in my hands as it was taking his dying breath and it died in my hands. <gasps> and so I buried that one too. What? Yeah, it was sad. I Whoa. saw his little mouth like open and close. And like, so I, how old were you? Oh God, I don't know. Like we got the dog when I was like probably seven, I think. Wow. And so, like, and he had, I remember one bird had, like, a big bubble on his neck. I don't know what it was from. It was, could be anything. There were, like, everything. Like, even, I think I buried, like, a, a dragonfly. I'm sure. So is that, like, your first experience with death? Like, yeah, definitely. Wow. And, like, since then, like, I was there when my dog, when we had to put him down, and my cat, Francis, who's a sweet little angel, I was there. Because I just, and my grandmother as well. Because um, I guess in my belief system, I don't think, like, I'm not religious, but I don't think people should be alone when they die, if you can be there yeah. with them. So I'm, like, I, I'm a wannabe atheist. Mm-hmm. I want to believe there's nothing. Yeah. But I can't believe there's nothing. I'm not religious. I don't yeah. have any religion. But I, there has to be something. Otherwise, like, how do you cope with loss? Like, so I'm definitely ag- agnostic. I I'm definitely agnostic too. I would hope I'm a bit more spiritual, but I don't really have it figured out yet. I haven't tried. So uh, I guess I don't even know if there's yeah. a point. <laughs> My dad <laughs> but, had this awesome saying that yeah. um, 
religion is for those that don't want to go to hell, mm-hmm. but spirituality is for those that have already been there. Mm. Like that's very um, it's kind of deep. Yeah, it is definitely deep. <laughs> but I kind of see that like if you've had like bad shit going on in your life. Yeah. You have to believe there's something better or that people have gone somewhere better and that's where the kind of spirituality thing comes in. But I think a lot of religious people don't want shit to happen to them or don't want to go to hell or whatever and that's why they have to follow this whole... Yeah. I know there's one argument you can definitely make is a fact, though, is that energy never really ceases to exist. So regardless of yeah. your beliefs, we are... We are pieces it's, of energy in some form. So it's basic whenever, physics. Like yeah. you cannot create or destroy. So it's always energy in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So, so did I mean, you, did you create tombstones? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, really? they weren't real like tombstones though, but they were. I think I made some out of actual stones. I would. I'm putting air quotes. Carve their names into. And they still there. Uh, I haven't looked. It's very overgrown, to be honest. Like, yeah. the last time I checked, I couldn't find much there. But I'm sure if you dug it up, I don't even know if the bones would still be there, to be honest. Yeah. I have no idea. So did you believe they were, like, like why did you do it? Did you want them to be going to a better place or you just want them to be, re- to be remembered? Or I was always very respectful of the dead. Like, um, even with graveyards now, I don't step over graves, that kind of thing. I think I just was always like that. So I just want them to have like a little ceremony and I put flowers on it. <laughs> I don't know. You put flowers. Yeah. I have no can idea. Can we go see this? You can. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if there's much to see. I should check it now. I think it's pretty overgrown, but like, yeah. So I just did all, a lot of that stuff with like the, uh, you know, buried my pets and whatnot. And I used to watch a lot of movies and... Um, I also used to love scaring people as a kid, too. So, like, my grandmother, I did this thing called... Did you have creepy crawlers in in England? It's Maybe like a, called something different. It's a toy kit, basically, that you could make, like, um, these little rubber insects rings, out of molds. It rings molds. a bell. Okay, so, like, you have, like... It's almost like an easy-bake oven, but you'd make little creatures out of it. And it was, like, little rubber... Yeah. No, I, I do remember. I don't know if I ever had one, but I do know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have one of those. So what I used to do is I used to make, like, little spiders and stuff and stick them on her glasses when she was asleep. So when she put them on, she would always... And, again, she'd pretend to be scared because, obviously, she knew there were fake spiders on her glasses. <laughs> I used to do that. That's and she used cool. to humor me. And then another thing I used to do as a kid was um, one of my good friends, Ryan, used to live down the street... Same name as my boyfriend now. <laughs> um, we used to... He was, like, my friend who was really, like... Um, his parents owned a video rental store, which is really cool in the 90s. And still is now, yeah. I mean, if you had one. So he had It'd all so these... so hipster if you had one now. Oh, my God, yeah. And <laughs> he, so in his house, they had all these crazy, like, big, like, cardboard cutouts of movies, as well as, like, these posters from new stuff that was coming out. They had a popcorn machine and, like... A slushy machine, I think, and definitely like a can- cotton candy machine. Wow. So it was like the shit. And he had a younger sister. So um, me and him were probably like around like again seven or eight, anywhere from like eight to like twelve, because he moved away when we were like twelve or thirteen. And um, his younger sister was a lot younger than us. I think like four or five years. So what we used to do with her is we used to. This was when Jurassic Park first came out. So whatever year that was, ninety. <laughs> Four. Okay, so I'm sure our more. listeners can correct us. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the year was that they came out. Yeah. So, like, we used to play tricks on her. So, me and him used to say, like, we're going to go on a safari tour up behind their house because it was all just, like, woods and forest. And you could see those, like, f- like uh, ferns because they grow here, too, which were also, I think, in right. the movie. And, yes, um, lots of ferns. Yes. <laughs> oh, we from our assistant producer. Oh, Yes. The first, 1993. The first Rasset Park was 1993. Oh, okay, perfect. You're on that point. Yeah, I was close. close. <laughs> yeah, so this was 93 or I guess maybe 94, maybe a year after, when it was still, like, the new thing. And he had this, like, hand puppet that was, like, a velociraptor that you, when you would just, like, put your arm in it, you could move its mouth. So he used to tell her, her name was Samantha, that we would take her on a little tour. So one of us would be the tour guide, and the other person would go... We're just in the back of the group. By the group, there's only three of us. And so the other person would be up talking about stuff. Like, we were literally pretending we were in 
Jurassic Park, like talking about the foliage and like the That's different awesome. dinosaurs. And then at one point we'd be like, we'd stop dead in our tracks and be like, what was that? Did you hear that? <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she would get so afraid. And then another person, like the other person that was in the back would now be hidden somewhere in the woods and would shake a tree. And then whoever was the tour guide would act really afraid and be like, oh my God, I don't know what that is. And I want to like, be your friend when I was like four or five like that sounds really cool (laughs) and it was more elaborate than that because sometimes we'd have more people in on it and would shake trees and throw rocks and stuff and the tour guide would be like we have to get out of here now and then someone would chase her with a thing or just jump out at her and anyway she would end up crying and we'd get in trouble but it was like my (laughs) favorite thing to do That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, totally have a connection there on yeah. <laughs> overactive imaginations. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I am, um, I think my first, like, real dream job was a forensic scientist. Oh, okay. Like, I really, really wanted to be the one that would take a dead body and figure out what the fuck happened. Cool. <laughs> that would be cool. But it was kind of short-lived. Mm-hmm. Like, it lasted for a... A year or two and then I went to kind of like a summer fate like what I guess like a blueberry like a British blueberry festival or something like that and they had just like the RCMP or the RNC there like in a stool kind of telling people about what they did and and my mum took me over to them I was a bit shy but she was like you should go speak to them like this is what you want to do go and ask some questions so I sort of said, like, this eight, nine-year-old kid, I want to be a forensic scientist. <laughs> I'm reading all these murder magazines. I want to be the one that, like, tears open a dead body and figures out what the fuck happened. And so this police officer said to me to take a Ziploc container, boil some eggs, six or seven of them, whatever, and put them in my garden for four or five weeks in the summer. Oh, my God. Like, just let them rot in the hot sun cooked eggs for weeks and if I can lift off the lid and smell it and still be okay then I could be a forensic scientist (laughs) so I was like mom 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 let's go home let's do this so I did it put it in the garden five weeks in the sun in the summer and I smelt it and I threw up everywhere like it was disgusting and even to this day I don't know if that's triggered it or not but I cannot deal with smells I can watch someone's head being cut off on tv I can watch surgery like firsthand I can see someone's blood blah blah blah. doesn't bother me if I can smell it I'm gonna throw up and so these eggs made me throw up and there and then it just crushed my dream after that I don't know whether he was right or wrong he probably just said it to make fun of me I don't know who knows (laughs) but that completely destroyed my dream job so now I'm just a backseat forensic scientist where I think I can solve all these murders and I have yeah well they're talking about the armchair uh, forensic uh, scientists are going to solve everything now because if you post anything online people will discredit you so quickly and be like well actually in 1942 at 12 30 on June 12th Yeah, (laughs) those internet sleuths are actually pretty, uh, they can find out a lot of stuff. (laughs) It's creepy. I mean, I won't name the case, but there was something here locally, like, in the last year, and the people on Facebook that control this, like, discussion group, it's insane the amount of stuff that they dig up. Yeah. That they, like, no one is safe. Any Facebook account, any messaging, anything, they drag up and rightly or wrongly create a case outside of the RNC to back their theories. So you kind of got to know us in the beginning, a little bit about why me and Leanne connected and how much our imaginations play a big role in why we love the macabre and horror and true crime. Actually, we didn't talk about, just real quick, your favourite, one of your favourite cases Oh, I love um, the John Bonet case. <laughs> John <laughs> like, Bonet Ramsey. And I didn't know about it until I met you, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, it never really reached Europe that much. Yeah, it's big in the States. And I guess I remember seeing it when I was a kid in the grocery store on the cover of like a People magazine. Because wow. she was basically was like this uh, kid that was, I think she was five at the time. And she was a beauty pageant queen. And she was found murdered in her basement of her own home on Christmas Day, I think, or Boxing Day. Yeah. And um, 
they don't know if it was an outside intruder or an inside job personally. I think brother. the general consensus, yeah, is that it's the brother. It was yeah. an accident. For legal reasons, death. you can't say it's a brother. No. <laughs> but it's definitely the brother. It was definitely the brother. It was accidental, and the parents tried to cover it up, but it was never proven. There's actually a guy that confessed. However, the guy yeah. that confessed was the person that was in Thailand, I think, and confessed to get out of jail in Thailand for child yeah. pornography or something. I'm not sure. Because there was two real key things for me. It was the whole pineapple thing, that she had it in her tummy. Yes, and there was the whole backstory of the brother's violence. You think he hit him with it, hit her with a golf club That's before? Right. Yes. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and also um, defecated on her bed, like rubbed it. Like there was definitely some, some weird, weird defecation stuff. stuff, which is usually yeah. a big sign of. Uh, so that yeah, so that was issues. like some key things there for him. Mm-hmm. But the thing that kind of threw the police off was this so-called semen DNA. That yeah. was in the pants. Actually, that it was. It wasn't it was necessarily debunked. semen. It was. It was DNA in the pants that she was wearing, like her underwear. But they said they were brand new underwear she got for Christmas. Yeah. So it could have come from the sweatshop factory. It could have exactly. been like someone's literally their sweat Just sneezed. Yeah. Because it was made somewhere in like Bangladesh yeah. or whatever. And they tested a lot of underwear after that. Like underwear that has never been worn. Yeah. That's straight out of the packet will mm-hmm. have human DNA in it because yeah. they are made by hand in these sweatshops. So it could be someone sneezing. And or I anything. Think they just kind of jumped to this conclusion, conclusion that because yeah. it was DNA in her pants that it was potentially semen. But it, yeah. that was never the case or never proven to be the case. Yeah. And for me, it was the massive ransom note. That was written with paper oh. and pen from the house. It was like four or five pages long. Like who, no one does that. Who Nobody sits around <laughs> and writes that? And wasn't it? I read somewhere too that the money that this so-called kidnapper asked for was the exact amount to the penny of what the father had got for the Christmas bonus. That yes, year. it was that his exact bonus number. So <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it was a little like I'd yeah. say what happened is they were panicked and they were. You know, just for sure, it it's was definitely a cover up. And you don't, if you've lost one kid, you don't lose a second. I get that, I, yeah. But for it was sure. such a controversial case because they were so rich, yeah, that a lot of people thought that it was the money that got them off, but really yeah. the police screwed up. And it's just that it's they never did. been the body was proven. moved, yeah. So they and asked even, for a ransom, they asked for a ransom though, even though she'd already died. Oh, yes. they found the body, she yet. was dead yeah. at the time that it was written, basically. Oh, they, they left ransom note at the bottom step. The bottom of the step, and also there's snow around. There's no snow leading to the house. There are footsteps in the snow leading to the house. There's no broken signs of en- entry. No. There was literally nothing that would prove that there was anyone that and entered she, the house. <laughs> she, the original wound was blunt force trauma to the head, mm-hmm. um, but she actually died of strangulation. So the theory is is that whoever it was struck her on the head, they thought she had died. I think it's... It's the other way around? I don't know actually now. I thought she when I listened when I watched the documentary they said she died from the blunt force trauma to the head. They said the strangulation I mean, was, was just after. for show. Right. I don't know though. No, that could be right. I know it was after the fact. Yes, it was definitely after though. Yeah. But, yeah, it's such a bizarre I wonder if the brother will ever confess. Never. No. No, he's not a cop by now, he's in his twenties. He's in interviews and stuff. Yeah, he did one weird one with Dr. Phil. And to be honest, people were saying, like, and I listened to, like, a thing of, um, like, a doctor. He did a show with Dr. Phil, and they were saying how um, he was smiling throughout. And people were, were, like, hating him for it. But at the same time, when I'm awkward, I tend to talk a lot. I will And I have an awkward smile sometimes. (laughs) I will. If an old lady was to fall down the hill right Mm -hmm. now, I would feel terrible for her. Yeah. But I would laugh my head off. Yeah, like and- I cannot control. It's like an awkward, even when I'm, even when saying it's really bad, or I'm lying, or yeah. anything like that, I, I laugh or I smile. Yeah, a lot of people do. That's Maybe the I thing. am a psychopath. There was a case actually. <laughs> You're definitely not. Uh, there was a case in the UK actually of um, uh, a lady's daughter had died, and she was doing that. The police, you know, uh, if anyone's seen her, or if she died, or she'd been kidnapped, or she she was murdered and found her. And throughout the whole like, uh, police interview, she's smiling. She could not stop smiling. But it's a she nerve didn't do thing. it. No, she, yeah, but she didn't do it. They actually found the killer, and everyone yeah. thought her straight away, she's done it. 
didn't. And the thing is, another thing, like another podcast I listen to have said this, and I also agree, is that people deal with grief in really weird ways sometimes. Like, you cannot just look at someone and say, like, they're not upset just based on looking at them. No. You know? Like, I might show, I don't show a lot of my, I do, but I don't. But, like, if I'm upset, I tend to be super quiet. Like, I'm yeah. not a loud person. So, someone might look at me and be like, she's hiding something. I don't know. If, like, someone <laughs> well, close to me died. You know? that, I, I mean, touching it very briefly, when we could do a whole episode on this, but yeah. the Madeleine McCann uh, yeah. investigation in England, mm-hmm. parents, very high-profile doctors, yeah. let this young girl and her two twin I think it was two twins babies sleep alone while they went to a restaurant just around the corner but still um and every interview that they did and since then has been very cold and calculus and they've never let the police really interview them properly and there's so much yeah there's so much speculation that they must be guilty and I I actually believe they are at fault in some way yeah but maybe that's just how they deal with it like Mm. people I would never want to be put under a microscope in that situation because I don't think I would react how the norm is supposed to be. No, they were yeah. never even charged for like child neglect and stuff like that. No. Like they, they left their kids alone in a hotel room. Yeah. She went missing. And then the, two days later, they flew home back to England. They didn't, they didn't answer any of the police questions. It's crazy. If my like kid that. went missing, I would yeah. not leave that place. Exactly. Like, no. I would and not go. Still now, and the dogs, appealing like, for money, yeah. No. The, the cadaver dogs that search for blood and everything found stuff in their rental car. And, well, but we should totally research that and do a podcast about definitely. it because it's crazy. I do, however, and coming back to John Bonet too, I think it's a huge red flag when the parents are cooperating with the media and not the police. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, same, same thing same with John Bonet. Like, they were talking the media and ignoring the police. Like, I think that's a big red flag. It's true. But in some ways, I kind of play the devil devil's advocate there in that if you know your local police enforcement yeah and you're not 100 percent sure that you trust them that's true if you go to the media at least you know what you're gonna say is gonna be listened to listened to and yeah. broadcast oh that's true actually that's a good point whereas if you went to the police and you didn't trust them and they already had an ulterior motive just play yeah. the devil's advocate no like you don't... i agree Are you into feet? Do you like feet maybe a little too much? Do you adore feet to the point where roughly foot-shaped objects turn you on? Well, if your heart is a rock at the thought of a sock, like a flame that draws the moth, you're tantalized by see-through cloth. Don't let this opportunity slip through your fingers. For $15, I'll send you a single woman's sheer sock, 25 for the pair, now offering a selection to aid in your erection. Previously loved women's sheer socks by Sunny. Come on down and get it, baby. So welcome back. <laughs> um, you met me and Leanne earlier on in the podcast, and we talked about our love of macabre and true crime and horror and murder and everything seedy as fuck. <laughs> um, and this is a podcast all about the weird the super creepy, the abnormal, but probably a bit more normal than we'd like to admit that happens here in Newfoundland and maybe a little bit outside of the province. Yeah, and their interactions with the people in it also. And maybe it's not people. Yeah. So maybe it's other things. Oh, duh. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, there's a, yeah, no, it's just about, I guess, like your encounters you get with, other people or things around you so we'll just explore people's ex- personal experiences and hear from their own mouths and we're going to actually start with me and you um, and just yeah. for everyone to know i haven't heard this story before because we were very adamant on <laughs> me not hearing it because we also listen to well i listen to the podcast my favorite murder have you heard it before yes yeah so have so the way they do it is usually that the other person hasn't heard it so at least like it's a bit more Whereas if I heard it before, I'd kind of be like, okay, I'm just sitting here listening to you hear the story or tell the story. So I've not heard her story. She has not heard mine yet. Yeah. I think that's really important because it's genuine. Yeah. yeah for and sure. I don't know when I tell this story, I don't know if it's scary or not. Like it's scary to me, but maybe um, you'll hear it and be like, <laughs> yeah, that's just totally nuts. Like that didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's something that stuck with me for nearly 20 years. Wow. 
So yeah. Yeah. So um, I was I can't pinpoint the exact time, but I was six or seven, and it was one of the it was leading up to the one of the very last vacations we took from England to Newfoundland as a family. Um, because my mom and dad split up when I was like eight or nine, and I remember it really clearly that my dad was out for the evening, and my mom was upstairs packing. Um, she was packing our suitcases, and my dad had maybe maybe gone and run some errands, maybe got some dollars to come to Canada. And I was downstairs in the living room, and Spice Girls were really big. Did they they make it over here? They were huge. I used to buy like literally lollipops to get stickers really? of my favorite Spice Girls so we to used... put on my diaries. <laughs> so every convenience store there used to be um these little packets of postcards, and you'd pay like fifty cents or a dollar. Yeah. And hopefully you wouldn't get the same picture, but you'd yeah. collect them. Anyway, they same were thing. Huge. Like they were you could huge. everywhere everything, yeah. like. I don't even know if this was before or after, but we had Spice World the movie. Oh, we had that too. Crazy. It was so big over here too. Yeah. So, A, I love the Spice Girls, and B, I love to dance. Always have. Yes. Always have. And so I'm downstairs, and I'm facing a wall, and the speakers are, and the stereo is against this wall too. So I'm facing the wall that the speakers are at. Mm -hmm. And I've created this routine in my head, and I've just pressed play. And it's like, spice up your life, or if you want to be my lover, or something. I can't remember the song, but it was definitely Spice Girls. Yeah. And I've created this routine in my head, and I'm counting down, the music started, and like in three, you know, three, two, one, I'm going to turn around, and boom, I turn around. And as I turn around, there is this figure on the wall in front of me. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not quite the direct wall, it's like a little wall between the door and the wall that's there. Okay. So about a foot or two wide. Yeah. And it's a shadow, but it's got like a weird hat on, and I feel like it's got horns. Ooh. It's got like a horn sticking out, I want to say both sides. And I can remember vividly, again, this is 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but I've spun around, my heart is pumping, I'm ready to give it my all to the Spice Girls, and there's this fucking figure. Ooh. And I rub my eyes, because I, even at this age, I think that it's like my imagination. So I remember rubbing my eyes and thinking, if I keep rubbing my eyes and blinking, it's going to go away. But it doesn't. It's oh still there. I can't see a face or anything. It's just a shadow. Yeah. But my mum is upstairs. And the only way to get to her is to go past this figure because it's, it's in the doorway to lead out this room. Mm-hmm. So I say five seconds go by, maybe it's 30 seconds, I don't know, but it's happening pretty fast. And all I want is my mum because I'm freaked the fuck out. So I run upstairs, I go past it. It's just a shadow at this point, but it's still a figure. I go past it, I run up the stairs, and my mum's upstairs still packing the suitcases. And at this point, I'm bawling. I'm crying. I'm like, mum, mum, I just saw this freaky shadow. Like there's a man or something downstairs. I'm on my own. I'm really scared. And she's like, it's okay, Lauren. Like, I'm sure you didn't see it. Like, it's okay. (laughs) And she's trying to console me. She's like, we're going on a holiday tomorrow, or as you guys in Canada say, vacation. (laughs) We're going on vacation. Like, it's nothing to worry about. I'm sure it's just a figment of your imagination. So she's, like, rubbing my back and consoling me. And then, crash! We hear this huge bang. What? Like a crash. Like a... No way. crash. No. And my mum kind of like stops rubbing my back and it's like, and I can feel her. Is it just, wait, sorry, is it just you and her? Just me and my mum. Okay. My dad's out running errand. I'm, I'm not sure what he's doing, but he's not in the house. Okay. And I can feel my mum start, like her voice starts to break a little bit and her heart starts to go because I just told her this creepy story. Yeah. She doesn't believe me, but no. it's still a creepy story. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck was that? She didn't, I don't know if she's tall, <laughs> but I could tell she was like, oh, fuck, maybe there yeah. is someone in the house. Yeah. Like, my little girl who's six or seven just ran upstairs, told me that she saw a man's shadow. Maybe there's someone in the house. So I'm pretty sure she starts to go downstairs but kind of points to me and says, stay there, stay there. But I don't want to be separated from her. Like, I'm scared as enough as it is. I want to be with her. So I, against her advice kind of walk down the stairs with her and she's kind of got me at arm's length but we walk down the stairs and we go into the kitchen not the room I was dancing in another Mm -hmm. room and we used to have 
this thing hanging from the ceiling that used to hold the pots and pans. It was like yeah. an iron thing, like a, a few different rods. And it had all the pots and pans in it. Okay, yeah. Anyway, all the pots and pans on this rod had fallen down onto the carpet. <sighs> Every single pot and pan. So wow. that was a loud crash. Wow. And we were like, oh my gosh. That's creepy. So we were really freaked out at this point. And nothing happened again that night. But we put two and two together. And I still don't know if my mom really believed me. But I was convinced at this point that this man that I had seen with these horns in his head <laughs> was something. Yeah. My dad came. We went on vacation. Um, and when we got back, our fridge started to have weird things happen to the really? fridge. Yeah. How so long like, were you gone for? Three weeks. Okay. Yeah. And when we came back... Everything in our fridge was on one shelf. Yeah. And then we'd go to bed and wake up the next day and everything else would be on the second shelf and then the third shelf and it kept moving around. Mm-hmm. So I, we started to like really, my parents were getting freaked out at this point and knew that there was something weird going on and they started to tell me that this wasn't the first time stuff had happened in this house. Wow. So they had just a few little odds and ends, I guess, but. They had, when I was really, really small, I used to have a red car with a yellow roof. I don't know if that was, again, a thing I knew from then or not. A red li- car? Oh! Like a little toy car you put your feet tiger, in. Tiger, what is it yes, called? Yes, a ti- tiger car or something. I don't know. I know exactly what you're talking yes, about. That yellow weird... roof with a red side. And you could, your feet, it was open at the bottom so your feet would like. Exactly. Okay, yeah. So I had gone to bed or been in another room and that car used to bounce up and down the kitchen where the pants had crashed. Apparently that happened a few times. Wait, wait, wait. Can you say that again? Yeah. It used to bounce up and down. Yeah, so no one would be in it, but they'd go out and the car would be bouncing up and down the kitchen. Do you mean like back and forth in yeah. the kitchen? Between wow. Between two cupboards, like seven, eight feet apart. And like no, there was no weird... Nothing in and it. And you just, would you see it or hear it? They would hear it and then yeah. they'd go out and it'd still be bouncing. Weird. Yeah. And my mom... I don't even know why, like, who the hell has this, but would have a, had an ornament witch. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's, that's, maybe the, that's the reason why. <laughs> but it, I remember it had, like, a little green cape and some, like, yellow flowers on it. And it was just, I don't know where she got it from, but it was always part of our family and I never questioned it. Okay. But it was maybe just ornament. Maybe <laughs> Yeah. Because she had it hanging from a beam <laughs> in our kitchen. Like, who the fuck does that? But it used to spin. It what? would spit on its own. Yeah. No. And the last thing about our house that they told me... I think you should have moved out at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> was, um, do you know, like, you know the nursery, hush baby? No. Yeah. So when I was a baby, my baby monitor twice... No. no. Played that. No, it didn't. It did. Oh. My mum and dad heard it. It was like, but it was like on an organ, like an old church organ. And apparently there's some theories that it can pick it up, like other baby monitors can pick up other baby monitors. But who the fuck is playing that on an organ? Yeah. Who has an organ in the house? <laughs> like, really? Yeah, so all this stuff started happening, and they, and they backtracked and told me about this stuff when I was a baby. Ooh. So they talked about one night, my neighbour came round, yeah. and she was like, yeah, this is so-and-so. Like, I've seen her on my staircase. And I've seen this guy with the horn. Did you know that our house, like, subdivision was built on an old Viking burial ground? No, it wasn't. Fuck. And that's where the horns on the helmet came <gasps> it's That's kind really of, crazy, though, that last And that was one. all in, like, one house and yeah. next door to us. That's pretty wild, though. So my story is not so much paranormal. It's more so just a personal experience I had with another person here on the earth. And this happened probably about eight or nine years ago. So I was probably about 23, 24, 25 years old. I'm really bad at math. <laughs> Depends on when it actually happened. So I was in Walmart. And Walmart's pretty big. So it's I was... Huge. It's huge. And for people that haven't been here, it's a massive department store. And it has everything there you want. So I had the dry rack in one hand, which is really big to hold on to and awkward. It's not heavy at all, but just a very big object. And two pillows on their side, and I didn't have a shopping cart because, again, like I said, I'm a stubborn person. I go to the store to get what I need, and I never get carts until I realize I cannot deal with 
the amount of things in my hands. Like struggling and it, every time. And that pressure in your back, you're like, I yes. can do this, I can do this. Maybe I can't. Every time. <laughs> always. So I'm there and also so I'm standing in Walmart and I'm thinking, my cat. So I had a cat at the time named Sir Francis Poe Hufflepuff. What? That's his full name, yes. Say again? Sir Francis Poe Hufflepuff. Like from Harry Potter Hufflepuff? Yes, yeah. Love it. Poe from Edgar Allan Poe and just Sir Francis because I got him. He was like this, okay, he's this beautiful little kitten. He was this white, fluffy, tiny, long-haired kitten who was the gentlest, sweetest soul you ever met in your life. He was so cute. Because you love freaky shit. So that's why he was named after Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> yes. Harry Potter combined. Yes. And he Cheers was, to that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yes, but um, he was the nicest cat in the world. Like, he was so cute, cute, cute. And I had him at the time, like I, when I got him, he was a kitten. And I was living with my boyfriend at the time who also got an adult cat. So Francis grew up with this adult cat. And was always with her all the time. And they were best friends. So when we broke up and he moved out with his cat, Francis was left alone in the house with me. Because I was staying with my parents while he moved his stuff out. And then um, when I would come home, Francis was really um, distraught. And he used to like wander around the house and meow a lot. Oh, which broke my heart, yes. as it would. Like as it really a cat broke my mom. heart. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> and so, like, it broke my heart, and I was like in Walmart, I was thinking, like, Francis is super depressed, and I was thinking, like, maybe I should get him like a cat toy or some cat food, like treats to cheer him up. And I had um, just this is relevant, by the way. I had uh, see-through pantyhose on that were black, but you could see my legs through them. So they weren't like super opaque. So they were very sheer. Yeah. And so I was thinking how I want to go grab him a cat toy. And so I went over to the cat section and was holding these things in my arms and looking at the cat's things in my own world, like not literally noticing anyone about around me. And to be honest, okay, I'm just going to say this right now. This has been a a common theme. Every time I go through a breakup, I always have a weird encounter with a dude. Every time I've really? ever been, yes, like always directly after. Yes, very quickly after. I think it's maybe because I might give off some vulnerable vibe. Maybe I'm going out more hormones or something, or something like, like that. I have no idea. <laughs> they say that women give off certain hormones at a certain time. Yeah. Depending on what their situation is, I like, I don't know. Need to fact check that. <laughs> I don't know, but, but all I know is wow. every time I'm single, like newly single, I have some weird fucking encounter with some dude that I do not like solicit whatsoever, and it always happens without me trying anything. And wow. not to be like, this is what I was wearing, but I was wearing see-through pantyhose that you could see my ankles in. <laughs> but like a skirt, as scandalous like- as. A- uh, I think I was, I don't remember what else I was wearing. I just remember you could see my legs. Um, I have no idea what else I was wearing. It was probably, to Not be that it justifies anything. No, 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 but, <laughs> but I think I was. But it some context. Oh, totally. I think I was wearing just, like, regular shorts, like, maybe black shorts or something, or green shorts that were, like, not short, but just regular length, and, like, a yeah. big winter coat over it. So, like, I was wearing a big baggy winter coat. But yeah. you could see my legs and my heels. this is relevant (laughs) this is relevant by the way um so i'm in the cat section two pillows a dry rack in my hands or arms and look at the cat's toys and in my peripherals again i'm in i'm a very sad pup right now first real break i've ever been through and you're in warm-up yeah, which no no one is ever happy in Walmart. No, like, no one Jump is. Food. No one, yeah, like Jump no food. one is walking around Walmart thinking <laughs> I am fucking living the dream right now. Mm-hmm. Like I am in this place because I'm meant to be here and everything is okay. Oh like, man, no. you go to Walmart when you want to save a few pennies. Yes, and when you have a bit of time to spare that you don't necessarily wish you did. Yes, exactly. And I remember it was, like, not a nice night out. It was kind of cold and drizzly, and it was dark. And um, it was the nighttime. I think it was a Sunday, because Walmart wasn't very busy. And so I'm holding these things in my hands, and I'm not really paying attention to anyone around me. And then I notice someone in my peripheral vision as I'm looking at the cat toys. 
And then all of a sudden I hear a voice saying, oh, I see you have a tattoo on your foot. And I was like, oh, and I looked to my right and there's this guy there. And he was like, I'm thinking about getting a tattoo done soon. Where'd you get yours done? I was like, oh, I got it done at Troublebound by this girl, Alicia. He's like, cool, yeah, I just want to get, he, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was saying how he wanted to get something done, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, did it hurt, whatever. And I was like, ah, oh, just a little bit, not too bad. Because I have like a tattoo of a chandelier above my ankle. You love tattoos. You've got some I pretty cool ones. Do I love tattoos. <laughs> I'm I really envious do. of your tattoos. They're the most attractive thing ever. I love, yeah. I don't mean, I'm not talking about myself, but I just, I love them. If I, and this is going to sound really bad, but if I was a dude, mm-hmm. Not that you need to be a dude to do this, but I would be covered in them. Like, I love my ultimate crush is a guy that is like ink to fuck. Yeah, <laughs> Phil looks up. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Take a note. <laughs> Joking. Um. Carry on. Anyway, um, so yeah, I do like tattoos, and I have one above my ankle, which is my first one I ever got a long time ago, and um. It's a little chandelier, and he was talking about tattoos and how he wants to get one done. And I was like, yeah, I just got one done by Alicia. And, like, that wasn't weird to me at all because I – Yeah. I Even to this day right now, I always get people commenting on stuff and saying, like, where would you get the done or why do you have that done? And I'm super open. Like, I've always been open about strangers. Like, I don't yeah. care about You've talking to them. you got nothing to fear, so why not? No, and I still don't. Like, I just yeah. – I don't care. Like, if people talk to me about stuff. And – um. So I was like, yeah, I got it done by Alicia. Trouble down, she's great. Like, you should go get, you know, talk to her or whatever. And he's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking of getting blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Sweet. And I have my stuff laid down, I think, at the time. like the You're in the cat aisle. Yes. So I laid <laughs> down my, I had my, because I was, my arms were getting tired. So I laid down, like, my pillows and my dry rack. And I was, like, chatting with him about the tattoo. And all of a sudden he said, like, uh. He's like, can I take a look at it? I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And, like, I don't mind. Like, again, it's my foot. And um, I was like, yeah. And I just, like, raised my foot a little bit. And he just, I think I was holding on to, like, the side of the aisle or whatever. And then all of a sudden he said, like, well, may I? And when I was thinking in my head, all of a sudden, like, may you what? He, like, pulled down my ankle boot and started caressing my foot. What? <laughs> no! I, I know! It. I know it! As soon as you said, can I look at it? It's a foot fetish. Shut up! Shut up! What? Yes! Yes! He pulled oh, down. Wait, 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 yes. wait, 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 wait. He pulled down your boots. Yes. Yeah. He pulled it down, like, off my foot and started, like, mildly caressing my foot. Okay, <laughs> when you mean caressing, so caressing to me is kissing. No, caressing like with his hands. He was like fondling my foot, I guess is the right word. Like he fondled it. Oh my god! (laughs) No, I know, I know. Uh, It was bad. And (laughs) so, what the fuck did you, how long did you let this, like, we took it a second, 10 seconds? Like, how did you let that continue? I think like two seconds before, like, because again, at up until this point, how old was I? have so many questions. uh, No, (laughs) like, Like, how old was he? Okay, I no, think... No, that should matter. No, I have this written down. He seemed like he was about in his, like, late 40s, maybe? Early... And you were 25 mid, late 40s. Time. I was around early 20s, late yeah. So he's, like, double your age. Yes. Definitely and, like, gray hair or, like... Okay, so the guy looks so normal. Like, he had jeans on, I remember, and a baseball cap. And like yeah, it just kids is zip- the them, did he? I know. <laughs> yeah. he, he was on his own. Yeah, on his own. He yes. looked totally normal. Like he had like a zip up jacket, a baseball hat, Do and you think jeans. He's listening right now. I hope to fuck he is, because fuck you for being such a weirdo. Um, in Walmart, in the <laughs> no, aisle. I know. And I remember he had runner sneakers, jeans, a zip up hoodie. And had on, I do not remember his face. Okay. He's so average looking. And that's the one thing I just want to oh my remind people is these people, like, he literally looked like a normal guy. So he so asked normal. you about your tattoo. Yes. You showed him your leg. Yes. He rolled down your boot. Like, it was so fast, though. And he, he started, just, mass, like, right. massaging it. Okay, so he pulled off my boot. He pulled it off. Like, 
it was still on my toe, I think. Like, basically pulled it off. Pulled the heel down. Yeah, it. yeah. And started, like, caressing my foot or massaging it type thing. And was like, your feet... On the tattoo or, like, the whole shebang? The whole thing. And then... <laughs> no, I know. And then he started... And he was like, your feet are really small. What size are they? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, he didn't. He asked you your size. <laughs> I know, I know. He did, he did. And I was like... Ah, cool, thanks. And I don't remember, I don't remember what I said. I might have maybe said, like, they're small or something like that. I don't remember. You need him in the face. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's like a gut reaction. But when you're a woman, like, you yeah, it's just... Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, the weird thing about it was, so, like, I'll explain this later. But, like, so I basically pulled up my boot and I was like, I gotta go now and grab my stuff. And, like, went over to another area of Walmart, which was the t- kids section, which was the closest section ever. And in my head at the time, I was like... Was that sexual harassment? Was he like molesting me? And I was like, but it was my foot, which isn't like it's not like my butt or my Im- boob. I you was don't like, Im- like as not- a woman, you don't see that as a sexual. Yeah, so I was like, he, if he sees that as sexual, yeah, is it then sexual harassment? Yeah, if he's getting off on touching her feet. Sorry for saying. No, I mean, is it then sexual harassment because he's getting sexual arousement from it? Yes, it must but did be it seem like like so whether it was <laughs> sexual or not in his mind, you still don't. In Walmart. You don't interact in with someone's I know, body I know. in that way. And you're on your own. Yeah. So you never saw him. It, it's not over yet. <laughs> what? No, it's not. Oh, so, Jesus like, Christ. I go over to the kids' section, and then I'm, like, in my head, I'm, like, what the fuck just happened? I was, like, was that, like, sexual harassment? Or I was, like, but it was my foot. And then I was, like... But did he do anything? And then I was like, but it was my foot. Was It wasn't like it was my butt or anything. I was like, he didn't touch my boobs. I was like, it was literally just my foot. I was like, but I feel fucking really weird right now. You feel now. violated. Totally. You like, did not offer your other, foot. The dude may as well have just gotten yeah. a boner. In the <laughs> well, you know. the guy grabs your ass, it's because he likes your ass and he yeah. finds that sexual. Yeah, it was just a my mind was just like going everywhere I was like was that weird like was it me was it him like was because like I hated it I felt really gross and I'm not into foot stuff at all no judgment to anyone that is by the way but I mean he just he sexually was touching me it was sexual to him you know what I mean you could tell sexual harassment yeah like yeah. Like the only way you could touch someone's foot like that is if you were giving them a massage because you're in pain or you're a doctor or like a some sort of profession that needs to examine an ankle or a foot. Like you don't Or talk to your wife or girlfriend. But uh, even like me and Phil who's chipping in here, who's been we've been together like ten years. Yeah. He wouldn't touch my ankle in that way unless he was like, Hey, I'm gonna give you a massage and maybe yeah. go somewhere Not else. Not in the middle of Walmart. <laughs> in, the yeah, in, in the cat, cat aisle. aisle. Yeah, in the cat aisle. He's always in the prowl. He's trying to find people in the prowl. I know. It's so, it was so bad. Okay, so I'll fin- Okay, so it doesn't end there. So I'm in the, the nearest aisle at the time in Walmart because I know they've changed the layout. You go across the hallway and you get into the kids' aisle because you pass yeah. over the mm-hmm. gardening aisle or whatever, Christmas or whatever time it was. Yeah. Um, so I'm there and I'm just in, internally freaking out and I'm just thinking like, what was that? Was that sexual harassment? Like, is it, am I overthinking it? Like, what was, like, is that sexual even? Like, because it was my foot. I was like, what's that guy doing? Like, am I just a vulnerable weirdo right now? Because I'm emotional, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm just like freaking out internally, pretending to look at toys. And there's a Walmart reader there. And I'm like, I should probably tell her because I'm pretty sure someone did yeah. something really weird to me just now. Because he touched me without my consent. And she walks off because she's got something to do. And then all of a sudden I feel in my peripherals again. I'm like, someone's on my left. And then I look over and the dude's there <gasps> looking at me. And then I just like do this weird kind of fake smile. And he's in the kids aisle with me looking at kids toys. So you've escaped at this point and he's still followed you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I look over, and then I'm just, like, the Walmart reader's gone, or the Walmart person is, and it's just me and him. Again, Walmart was not busy that night. Yeah, just I want to reiterate that. It's very that. hard to find people in Walmart. <laughs> it if is, you need sometimes. Help, it's very hard it to go Disclaimer, we right? love Walmart for all the right reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a story within a story, and it needs to be told. 
Yeah, so like we're in the kids' aisle and I see him and there's no one else around. It's Sunday night, nobody's around in Walmart. And then all of a sudden you give him this weird, like fake ass smile. Cause again, I'm just kind of like, I don't want to be rude, which is the most fucked up thing in my head, but I want to be rude to him for some reason. Stop. I don't know Pause. why. <laughs> yeah. But sorry to like get all feminist. No, if you I want. know. But we do feel this pressure to not feel a victimized yeah. or be awkward. Like yeah. we don't want we don't want the person who's done the awkward thing to feel mm. awkward. Yes. So we try to make them feel better. Yes, which is <laughs> so weird. Yeah. But like I mean I remember thinking at the time like I don't want to be awkward. I'm going to give him a weird smile now and then I walk away. And then I did. And then so okay, okay, so anyone listening can't really hear the way I'm going to check this. Anyone you can't hear the way I'm talking about this, but um so I'm walking up the aisles. So like if you're going past the aisles, not down the aisles, but past them, you'll see the automobile automobile aisle as well as the crafting aisle and the dishwashing aisle or whatever. Yeah. And you're on one side, you're walking past the aisles and you're going yeah. down. So there's like the aisle between yeah. the aisles. Yeah, aisles yes. either side of you and you're walking up. Yes. Yeah. So I started doing that. So I was like, as soon as I saw him in the kids aisle, I walked to the right, the end of the aisle and started walking up to walk through the aisles. As I was doing that, the guy was on my left, matching my speed. What? Walking through the aisles, looking so to I can right, imagine, looking like, right at me. Strangers kind of like creepy smile, like fuck. He was just, he kept looking at me. He wasn't really smiling or not. Like he was just watching me all the time, but matching my speed like perfectly, perfectly, like through the aisles. We were just walking. So every aisle you went past, he was, he was looking. Down, I looked to my left and he was there. And I was like, is this actually happening in my head? I was like, he's actually stalking me in Walmart right now after being a foot fetish weirdo. Like, part of me was just, like, just not even really processing it. So, like, I was looking to my left, and I was like, he's there, he is there, he is there. And the whole time he was staring at me. And, like, um, so then I went, and this happened for a while, and then I lost him finally. Because I, like, think I did a back turn and went in through the um, electronic hall or something. So I lost him around electronics. And so... (laughs) (laughs) I lost him electronics. And so... I had my stuff still with me, so I had the dry rack and the uh, pillows and the cat toys, and I was like, well, fuck this. I was like, I've just gotten out of a relationship that was kind of controlling. I was like, I'm not letting another guy dictate what I do. I have drove, I've driven 20 minutes to get to the Walmart to buy the stuff. I was like, I'm going to buy the stuff, and like, I'd lost him at this point anyway, so I was like, this guy's a weirdo. He's not the first. He might not be the last. I was like... I'm going to buy the stuff. I don't care. And so I went over and I like, I couldn't see him anywhere. Like, and I was very cautious. I walked, I looked everywhere all around me. Couldn't see the guy anywhere and was walking very slowly. Went to the front checkout and was paying for my stuff. And, um, again, bad decision I made in my twenties. There's, we could do a whole podcast on that. (laughs) <laughs> that's a title for a podcast <laughs> in my 20s yeah. you get yeah. a lot of people guessing on that and so I was paying for my stuff and as I was paying I was like thinking like I feel someone staring at me and again like, again and I was Ugh. literally the woman was like cash our credit and I was like I'll pay credit and so like I gave her my credit card and I was like there's someone fucking behind me right you now told I know it no in my head in your head <laughs> it's all in my head I turned around the guy's right at the exit door nothing in his hands his hands aren't doing anything he's just standing there staring at me and so I paid for my stuff and then I asked the cra- the cashier I was like um, is there someone that can help me walk this out to my car right now? Because it was dark outside at the time. And uh. she was like, yeah, just ask one of the greeters, no problem. And I was like, okay. And I only had, like, I didn't have a lot, so I felt kind of weird yeah. asking that. So I walked over to one of the greeters. Because you don't want to, in that situation, you don't want to seem like a girl. And be dramatic or, yeah. like, I'm but being you generally, you know? Yeah, but you... It's not even that, like, you don't want to see like, you can't... Even as a girl, you don't want to see like, you can't lift something, yeah. you can't watch your car in the I dark. But in this situation, you're a... F- 
fucking being stoked. I like, totally was, but it didn't click in for some reason because I was too worried about people thinking I was being like needy or like, or just not being capable. And that's always been a, you know, thing, I guess. Like, I don't know, but I've always been independent, but it's always something that I'm thinking of, like how I don't match up in some way physically, maybe. I don't know. But there was some reason that yeah. clicked in my head that I was like, nope, it's fine. I can do it. And so, like, I went over and I walked up to the greeter. And he's still there? Okay, so, sorry, I didn't, yeah. So, like, I looked over my shoulder as I was paying. He was there staring at me. And then I paid, and then I turned around. He was gone. So I went over, and I was walking with my stuff after I'd paid. and walked over to a greeter. But as I was walking towards the greeter, and there was only one there, someone walked towards her, asked her or him for help, and they walked off. So there's nobody at the front of Walmart. And so it was just me with all my stuff and it was dark out. And I was like, fuck. I was like, what do I do now? Yeah. I was like, this shitty plan so, failed me again. So you forget like where you are now, but this whole scenario, has your heart been gone? Like have you generally oh felt scared? Yeah. So when I was paying, actually I forgot her. I had that written down actually as my notes. Um, yeah, my hands were shaking when I was paying. I was afraid, like, the checkout girl would know. Because, like, I was just... In the in my head, I was like, it was just my foot. Like, that wasn't sexual harassment, in a sense. But in reality, it was. Because, like Phil mentioned before, it was very sexual to him. It was to him. Yeah. So, like, he was obviously getting something from that. Is it was yeah. it harassment? Don't take the sexuality out of it. It yeah. was harassment to you. Yeah. It was, but him, to him, it's sexual. So it's yeah. sexual harassment. Yeah, exactly. But in my head, like, yeah. it was in Walmart, and at the time, I was getting stalked at the same time. So I was like, what is this anyway? So I didn't really think about it. I was, well, I mean, I didn't have the time to, I guess. But, like, I was trying to wrap my head around what it really was because I was, yeah. I mean, if he grabbed my butt, it would have been a bit more straightforward. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that concludes our first ever podcast of. I'm going to say creep. We can edit it out. Yeah. But I love the word creep. Me too. I think that's great for our podcast. So I guess the next time we'll speak to our fellow listeners. Yes. Is maybe in a couple of weeks, but it's probably going to be closer to Halloween. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll have a Halloween special. Let's do it. I'm 100% done with that. Okay. It's so spill. It's been a pleasure, yeah. Leanne. Full moon. <laughs> I love you. Cheers. Me too. Cheers, Phil. Until next time. Bye, listeners. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you.